Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was self-depreciator. The song was called Procrastination. It's off of their new record, Fruit of Our Labor. That'll be out soon. But for now, you can listen to that track over and over and over again. I premiered it actually over on gettingitout.net. So go check it out. Or you can wait until November 3rd when the full Fruit of Our Labor record drops on Modern Grievance Records. That'll be on limited cassette compact disc and of course 
digital streaming everywhere. These guys are from the Pugent Sound era. Not to be confused with the pungent sounds you make. You've never heard that joke before. Surely that's an original. Anyway, that's the Seattle area. If you're not familiar with certain geographical locations, that's okay. I wouldn't be either if I didn't know it from making that stupid joke my whole life that you've never heard before. No one's ever said before, by the way. Anyway, these guys, this is a nice sound. I like it. I enjoy it. Little bots, little converge, maybe some Dillinger escape plan, a little, little bit chaotic, some straight up stuff in there as well. Some punk, some hardcore, some metal. It's got all the things that I like. Hopefully you enjoyed it as well. Mathy, maybe you might say. I don't know. I never really knew what that means. Mathy. It just means uh, hard to keep track of. Complexities of like jazz, some people say. I don't hear it. I don't hear things that way. My mind doesn't work that good. I can't parse it out. But I do know that I don't need to do that to enjoy Self-Depreciator and the whole album Fruit of Our Labor. So please be sure to check it out November 3rd on Modern Grievance Records. If you're on the West Coast, they'll be doing a tour in November for nine or 10 dates or something like that with cult sickness. Be on the lookout for that. Go check them out. You can, of course, visit their band page at gettingitout.net. There's going to be a link in the bottom of your podcast player, wherever you're listening to this. Moving on. This episode is about another band from the Pacific Northwest, Great Falls. You might know the fellows in Great Falls from some other projects they've done. Regardless of whether or not you know them, their latest album, Objects Without Pain, is out now on Neura Recordings. And they are currently on an East Coast tour. I believe they might have uh, just hit up Boston area last night or the night before. I don't know. I think they're in the Northeast. You've still got time to catch them. This is a late podcast as far as when we recorded it. Tonight, they'll be playing at St. Vitus in Brooklyn, New York with Intercourse, Couch Slut, and the Austerity Program. So you can check them out if you're in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, D.C., Richmond. There's time. Great Falls is coming to you very soon, like tomorrow soon, probably, or yesterday, depending on how quick you got to listen to this. We'll talk a little bit about that tour, but mostly about the new album, Objects Without Pain. But first, we're going to go to New Jersey and we're going to check in with the hottest zone there is. Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it out? They say we should make podcasts evergreen. We shouldn't put a timestamp on them, but I'm putting one on it. It's 10 11. That's October 11th. It's 6 01 a.m. It is morning hours. The Baltimore Orioles have been eliminated from the MLB playoffs. Can you believe you just got a baseball update on this podcast? Yeah, I watched a game the other day. I thought, hmm, I'll check it out. I used to go to Orioles games when I was a kid. I like things Baltimore related. I did. I've, I probably, I've probably been to more Orioles games than any other team sports. Uh, I guess I'm creeping up there with the Sixers, but there was a lot of uh, Orioles games as a child, Memorial Stadium. And then when I lived in Baltimore, you know, you check in at Camden Yards every now and then, even if you didn't like baseball like myself, because it was just a cool place to go. And sometimes shit in person is interesting or somebody would be in town. They'd be a fan of the Boston Red Sox and they'd be like, it's easier to get tickets here to see them in Baltimore than it is to Boston. So you go to those games with them and you just sit there and drink beers and then almost get kicked out 
for trying to fight a guy that looked like Bart Simpson. Things like that happened, you know? Uh, but anyway, I watched a baseball game the other day and I actually enjoyed it. I don't know what was wrong. I don't know if it was because I've been uh, sober all month and this felt like being drunk, watching something so stupid, but I did and I liked it. And uh, while I haven't gone back yet, I did intend to, it just didn't work out. Um, So maybe I'll see if I can jump in for the rest of the Phillies postseason run. Although I know that they're one and one right now. Uh, I doubt I'll actually do this, but I'm just saying that to, to say uh, I'm aware of it. I see it. It's out there. Maybe it's more interesting with this pitch clock thing. I don't know. It's funny how late I am in getting into this pitch clock thing. It's really pretty funny. Uh, Anyway, what other sports stuff is happening? The Eagles, of course, are still undefeated. I don't even see uh, a possible loss in their future, except for that like six game stretch in the middle of the season, which looks pretty hairy. But we'll worry about that when we get there. All right. They got the Jets this week. Shouldn't be a problem. Doesn't mean it won't be, but it shouldn't be. Cowboys suck. That's the best part of everything. That's the best part of my life right now is the Cowboys sucking on national television. Also, uh, fantasy football update. Everybody loves to hear a fantasy football update. I should have gotten credit for five touchdowns in one play if the world was just uh, Brock Purdy, who's my quarterback, pitched it to uh, Christian McCaffrey, who was my running back, who pitched it to Debo Samuel, who was my wide receiver, who pitched it back to Brock Purdy, who was my quarterback, who tossed it then to George Kittle, who was my tight end, and then scored a touchdown. That's five different touches from five different players on one play, four different players on one play on my team. Should have got credit for five touchdowns. Doesn't matter. I still got the high score and won the 20 bucks for the week. There's your fantasy football update that you were asking for. How about basketball? Mm, It's preseason. Not looking at it. Don't worry about it. That's that's my uh, I'm excited. Don't get don't get me wrong. I'm excited for the basketball season, but I'm really trying to ignore what's happening out there. There's nothing Nothing to worry about. I'll just listen to podcasts about it. This is not a sports podcast. This is a podcast where you listen to me update you on my diet and the sports that I've been watching. Um, this is a personal check-in. It's a diary, actually. It's not a podcast anymore. I've been doing this diet now for 11 days. Well, I skipped the weekend. So for nine days, and it's been effective. I want you to know that. Eating a lot of apples and bananas. That's That's about my main thing, apples and bananas, which makes me think about when I was a kid and I'd go to a church camp for one week out of the year. That was the only thing religious we ever did was go to a church camp. It's called Camp Noaqua. It was in Biglerville, Pennsylvania, which I think is Adams County. It's uh, near Gettysburg, I would say. So you can put that on your map in uh, my lifeline that you're keeping track of. And we would go there and I remember there was a song we would sing around the meal time table. And it was, uh, I like to eat apples and bananas. And then you change the vowel like every other verse or every verse. So it'd be like, I like to eat apples and bananas. And then you get to the next one and it'd be like, we're all O's. And you go, oh, loco, oat, opos and bononos. And I don't know if you had to do with the accent that I just did, but you would. And then you get to the A's, a like to eat apples and mayonnaise or what you know you get it it's silly all right apples and bananas it's a good song you should play it here on the podcast i'm not gonna do it but i should that was a weird place nawakwa camp nawakwa actually it was, it was pretty nice and wholesome uh my grandma used to take us it was called family camp my grandma uh ruth who unfortunately passed away just a couple of years ago at like 93 she made it a long time she used to take uh me and all my cousins and we stay in this cabin. And the only rule she had for us all week was that we had to go to the 
Bible study thing, which was weird because, uh, you know, there was, there was a separate thing for each, each age, age range. And that was only like an hour of each day. And I don't know why she forced us to do that because uh, nobody in my family, including her was religious, but maybe it was a time that she could get away and she didn't have to watch us for an hour, which is probably most likely the truth. But anyway, it was cool. That was a, I really appreciated going there. I remember going there until like ninth grade. So it was a long time and it was fun. And, uh, I wouldn't go back. I don't think I would go back. It'd be so much different as an adult, but anyway, they played a lot of baseball there. I won the basketball tournament like every year, by the way. Anyway, that's, (laughs) that's enough about my childhood Lutheran camp experience. Let's talk about what you're here for. And that is Great Falls and their new record. Oh, man, we got into this uh, not deep, but we skimmed the surface because I feel like if you get too deep into this record, you're in trouble. But Shane and Damien were nice enough to talk to me about all sorts of things, but mostly the record that's out now on Neurot Recordings. They are currently on tour, as I mentioned, on the East Coast. Listen to this and then catch them tonight wherever they're at tonight. I saw they were doing a show with my pals Bedtime Magic in Austin, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, that would have been a good one. I'm sure there's plenty of other good ones though on the schedule. So go check them out, please. And if you're unfamiliar with the band, if you don't know what they sound like, well, you're in the right spot. You're in exactly the right spot at the right time because I'm going to play you a song from that record. It's called Ceilings Inch Closer. This is Great Falls. And then my conversation with Shane and Damien.
Well, fellas, I'm glad to have you both here. Uh, not only because I'm fans of the music that you make and have made, uh, but you've been a part of a couple of things that I've been fond of. Shane, you wouldn't know this, but I've wanted to be you for a long time. I like where this is going. Yeah, I know how weird this <laughs> sounds, too. Because every time I would get an issue of Decibel Magazine, I'd go back to your little column with the record, with the, the vinyl. Oh, uh-huh. Sure, and sure. That's, and, and I wanted to be the person who got records and then got to write three sentences about them. So that, <laughs> that was, that, I'm serious. I used to go, and what also you used to always uh, feature a lot of A389 stuff, which I was working very closely with at the time. I was living oh, yeah, more of course. neighbors with yeah, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So, so I've been reading your little uh, record reviews for, for a long time. Oh, that's, that's, that's very nice. That's great. Yeah. I, um, um, you know, kind of post pandemic, we haven't really gotten back into it just because there's been so much, uh, there was such a dearth of like, uh, coverage that the magazine kind of cut down and then mm -hmm. now they put me on a few other things. So they haven't kind of given me that load again, but, um, yeah, that was always, you know, I mean, for the years and years I, I I've done it, like that was definitely one of my favorite things. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially getting the just getting records in the mail and, and just being yeah. like just being like oh you know like <laughs> what shall this king choose today exactly exactly I, I i get a little bit of a glimpse of that now getting the packages the perks of the yeah yeah so that's yeah. that's always been a cool thing but uh but anyway so i can imagine so that's why i always looked at looked at that and i was like oh, this, well, is, this is very cool it's a sweet sweet gig you guys also make some great music with great falls and you've been doing that for quite a while. How long? I mean, the, so the, you know, Damien and I were in this band playing enemy that broke up in 20, 2006 and pretty much from 2006 until now, just he and I have been sort of like, doing various things and we started with this band Hemingway which was uh which was more of like a noise band which also covers sort of a, the gamut of essentially you know what a noise band means is like you know a bunch of gibberish and you throw it on a tape and and then you sell like two of them and you're just like oh this is you know this is a, this art. is yeah we're artists now <laughs> um and um and then it was just sort of this slow morphing back into wanting to write songs again, because, mm -hmm. you know, I wasn't really playing a lot of bass in Hemingway and Damien wasn't really writing a lot of riffs. And we were just a little tired of the charade that we were sort of a part of. We were kind of getting a little sick of just sort of doing, like you kind of said, like kind of just doing art. And we're just like, let's, mm -hmm. you know, forget art. Let's play metal, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> um, and so, and so it was just time sort of this, what? It's a time to cash in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so it was sort of just this slow transition to the point where at some point we kind of thought to ourselves, like, this is enough of like a real band now. We should probably just get a new name. And um, we had the uh, opportunity at that point to like play with a drum machine. So, mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so I think we probably, you know, maybe started in earnest in like 2009 ish. Maybe I think our first show was like 2010. Got a drummer, played with him for like 10 years, uh, put out some records and now got a new drummer. Um, 
and yeah, and now we're just kind of doing the same shit. So, well, I, I think you're putting it lightly, but but I but I like it. I get, <laughs> nice. I get what you're saying. You both kind of came from well, not I don't know, like like you said, a kind of a fringe, like with the with the Hemingway stuff, like the fringes of of, of a scene. So, what was was there a defined like direction? idea when starting gray falls like here's what we want to sound like um i don't know i mean that that's an interesting question because i don't think that we have there's just sort like you know damien and i have like for years talked on and off probably even back when playing enemy you know we talked on and off about like you know what if we did a rock band or what if we did a grind band or Mm -hmm. you know you know, we sort of talk about genres in, in, a, in a certain way. And then we're always like, OK, well, you know, if we wrote like a rock riff that we thought was good, we would then like just make it so that we actually liked it. And yeah. and, you know, and I guess that falls into like the kind of music we play, which people, you know, seems like the, I guess, you know, sludgy, mathy kind of noise rock stuff. And, you know, I think that's less of a of a, our determination of like that is like the genre we want to be in. And it's more like this is the music that is the most satisfying. And we really seem to kind of just fall into that same kind of like mm-hmm. genre pit, no matter kind yeah. of what we play, um, tends to be this kind of thing that, you know, is is again, like sort of mathy and heavy bass and and. Uh, um, you know, just screaming and and it's just sort of the kind of thing where like, even if we have like a part that's kind of, we think like sort of sounds black metal by the time it gets to us recording it, it probably sounds nothing like black metal anymore, you know? Right. Right. Um, So we don't really, I don't think we're super intentional about the kind of music we play. I think we just have, especially because we've been playing together for so long, we just sort of have, a thing in our heads that kind of just sounds good and don't really know how to play anything else. I I don't, if we really, you know, if we really tried to play like a different genre, I don't, I think we would probably bounce back pretty quick to Mm. this just because no other genre to us, I think sounds particularly good. I don't know. Damien. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I think, I mean, whatever it is that we do, uh, whatever that is, it's, uh, I think we're kind of stuck doing it. Like it's, I don't know how much of it, I don't know how much of there, how much choice there is there. It's like, uh, these are the ingredients. Like you can try and make a fucking pizza out of it, but this is, you know, this is eggs, flour, and sugar. You're making a cake, you know, <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, I mean, yeah. the, the way that you guys sound the way, the, the way that it is like that is why it's interesting to me. Because like, you know, typically like there's just a question of genre is like kind of boring and who gives a shit. But like when I when I can't like place it in something is when I'm going like, well, what the fuck is it, though? You know, <laughs> and I and I know other people do the same thing. Like, what are we going to call it? I've I've seen, like you said, the the, the same the same things uh, said about Great Falls. It's noise rock. It's sludgy. It's mathy. It's something is oh, it's metallic whatever you know yeah and that's, yeah, yeah that's why it's it feels necessary to ask yeah well and I'm, i mean i think also like i especially you know as someone who who does a lot of 
record reviews and does a lot of um, profiles of bands. I think that I get really tired of bands who say like, who sort of protest their labels. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm just like, come on, man. Every, every uh, song has a D beat. You're a D beat band. Like don't, you know, don't try and act as though you're bigger than, than this thing that you're clearly doing. So, you know, I don't, particularly want to be in the situation where I'm, you know, saying like, we refuse to be pigeonholed. Like we, we don't, you know, sound like, you know, this band or whatever. Um, With that said, like, you know, I think that we don't have a lot of intentionality when it comes to this stuff. It really is like, you know, Damien and I just sort of, you know, when we're working on, riffs it usually just tends to be like okay well this riff sounds good mm-hmm. and um we probably have you know I, through the years you know we have like sometimes when we're like labeling riffs you know we'll say oh well this is uh this is a deftones riff or you know this is a radiohead riff or something and you know we play that for someone and they're like what are you what the fuck are you talking about like of course yeah, it doesn't. yeah. um something like that yeah, yeah, you're insane for even remotely comparing yourself to them. Um, and so it's one of those things where it's just, you know, it's hard to ever know what you truly sound like in the first mm-hmm. place. And um, it's not that we're trying to, like, not be labeled or anything. It's just, I guess that's just how it shakes out. Like, Well, speaking of how how you guys write. How do you write? Do you get do you actually get together and write, or are you just sending each other shit and then getting together and putting it together? Oh, uh, yeah, we we definitely get together. Damien wouldn't write a riff alone if you nope. can offer him one hundred thousand dollars. Um, <laughs> a traditionalist, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's mostly just a um, Damien will uh you know sort of just sit there with guitar and play and then you know just kind of you know i'll say you know how about you know how about you play it in five or something or like how about you play this longer or move a note and then you know he'll be like oh or what if i do this it's very you know it's very um like it's fun but it's like mm-hmm. such small, dorky, you know, like painting, you know, like army figurines kind of shit. Where right, it's right. like, yeah, like very Fun minute. For some people. Yeah. 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 It's like, you know, I love, I love the, the little tiny things, but it's such a hobbyist kind of feeling. Um, you know, I mean, Damien, it's not like D- Damien doesn't like necessarily play a riff and, 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 you know, we're just like, oh, that's, that's really, you know, good. Like, let's keep that with like a little change or anything. But mm-hmm. a lot of times the way we sort of go about songs and, and riffs is just kind of, yeah, just being this like very just like, you know, moving little pieces here and there until we're like, yeah, maybe, you know, and then just mm-hmm. um, listen to it 10,000 times and, Right. You know, want to keep it. So, um, I mean, we throw, you know, I, I don't know, Damien, how many riffs do we write that we throw away? Like a hundred for maybe everyone kept. Yeah. And it's not, it's not necessarily because we have like such high standards. It's just one of those things where we forget a lot of them or we write yeah, something. Just disappear. Like, 
yeah or like we we find a riff that we were were really excited about two and a half years ago and damien's like well i don't even know what tuning i was in for that i'm not gonna (laughs) i'm not gonna relearn that shit so um yeah it's just yeah it's just very tiny like hobbyist way of like kind of putting stuff together it's very ship in a bottle well you put out the new record objects without pain september 15th I think is the That's official right. release date mm-hmm. that has already passed. Uh, seems to be getting a lot of great reviews, a lot of positive attention. Um, I listen to it and I like it, but I don't really have fun when I listen to it. It's not, <laughs> it's, it doesn't make me feel good or anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, a lot. obviously, you, you mentioned fun. That's why, that's why I'm going this way. Um, it's obviously fun for you to put together write record you know mm-hmm. but that can't be the emotion that you're you know projecting or expecting to project or convey so what do you think or what would you like for people to listen to objects without pain and feel or walk away with well i mean everyone talking about how they they walk away miserable has seems to be working <laughs> for us so i guess keep stick with that emotion that seems to be just fine um It's just, you know, again, like sort of saying, like, it's hard to kind of hear your own music and, you know, objectively, Um, you know, I mean, I, you know, I think both Damien and I sort of hear, hear the record and we just think like, you know, like, oh, isn't this kind of catchy? Like, you know, isn't this kind of a, you know, it's not like we're thinking these are like pop tunes, but right, right. um, Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely tell you that there were multiple times writing certain sections of the record where I'm just like, this is way too like up and happy. And I'm like, we're going to get dinged for this when it comes out. People are going to be like, ah, you know, this is just a little too like happy go lucky and melodic. And then we release it and people are like, this is awful. Like this is so fucking, you know, cruel. And we're just like, I, I guess so like that, that's fine. But I, but you know, I don't really know. Like, I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of uh, lyrical themes that are really dark and, and um, uh, you know, personal to Damien. And clearly if, I think if the record itself had sort of existed musically the same, but maybe the lyrics were a little more abstract or just kind of your usual, you know, like you stabbed me in the back, hardcore kind of shit. Like maybe there would be less of that sort of kind of tortured um, feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's very, it's very difficult for, I think us to be objective about how miserable the record is or how like um, how, again, like you said, like some people are just like, Oh, I really like this record. I can't listen to it again for a while. (laughs) Yeah. I I was listening to it the other day while sitting at my job. You know, just like in the cubicle. I was like, this is not the fucking place for this. This, this is, <laughs> And then I tried it again later while running. I was like, this is also not the place for, for this. So I've yet to find the place for it. But, um, but when, I, when I do find it, I do enjoy the sounds on it, you know. <laughs> But it's, well, that's that's good. Well, that that's a positive. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's uh, it's definitely something that, um, 
you know, I, I guess we, we just, maybe we, maybe we can write more kind of poppy stuff that we think is poppy and people <laughs> will, people will be fine with it. But yeah, well, also I think this, the, the misery of it is part of the charm, you know, it's, it's just, it, it hits a certain way and has a certain mood that, uh, I don't know. We, we all, we all got, so, uh, might as well embrace it here and there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and it's, you know, and again, we're, and we're not even trying to be the sort of band where it's just like, you know, in normal, you know, in normal day to day, we're, we're this way, but you know, when we're writing our music, we're this way. Uh, I th- think that we just, you know, happen to think that this arrangement of riffs and notes sounded good to us. And, you know, it, it's the, the definition of heavy is like the most unreliable mm. way yeah. to discuss things. So, you know, since we are a band that like, uh, you know, once, once, you know, guitar to do a thing and once bass to do a thing and once drums to do a thing and like sort of have their own sort of like little spheres um, in each song, kind of being able to sort of do what, do what they want and, exist i think it's like we already know we're sort of out of the realm of like brutal death metal you know we're not playing uh that sort of you know kind of traditional uh super heavy you know like um uh you know we're not playing hardcore or mm-hmm. anything like that so once we kind of get into the the thing that you know isn't necessarily those kind of genres i think that we may um, end up sort of like, um, being like this maybe sounds heavy, but, but like, don't really have a way to quantify like how fucking, uh, miserable it is, which apparently again, apparently it is who knew we missed, we missed the forest from the tree for the trees trying to <laughs> just write stuff. So yeah, that's okay though. That's okay. I, I, I like it the way it is. It seems like everybody else does too. Um, at least the things that I've seen have been overwhelmingly positive as far as, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's positive yeah, yeah. views, right? Um, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You guys have released a lot of splits. Do you feel that you write differently when you know you're writing for an album than you are or splits is it, is it decided what you're writing for? You know what I mean? Like you, uh, we only got two songs, so we need to make them whatever. I, I think that we tend to sort of, we usually like write for a record and then we kind of end up with sort of split songs. Um, gotcha. that, yeah. yeah. Um, Damon, do you want to? No, I, I just, I think that's right. I mean, this last group of songs we did, um, you know, a bunch of splits and, that the EP and stuff, but those were all recorded at the same time as the record. Um, we, I mean, we kind of knew what was not going to be on the record or what was, but it, it's, it sometimes will happen. Like uh, we, we basically are like on our way to get a record done and we kind of get to a point where we're like, uh, maybe we don't, we don't, maybe we want to like 
put these out now, like just get this out, like do something else and then kind of refocus on the record with these songs and then maybe expand on those ideas. So, you know, it's all uh, like, so we take those groups of songs, like those groups of songs are almost like a, a record in itself. And then we, mm-hmm. so it's sort of like, we take these riffs, like these are good riffs, but maybe they just don't really fit with these other ones. So we'll take these out and we'll do something else with those. And so they usually, that's how we kind of find splits that we uh, maybe songs that were going to be on the record, but just uh, like along the process of writing, we thought like, ah, maybe these would be better on something else like standalone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like I, I, I think, yeah, I think that, the, I mean, the first record, the first full length we did, which is called accents grotesque. It's like, it I, you know the record's like 30 and change uh, 30 minutes you know a little bit more and if i remember correctly we have two long songs on there and those two long songs there's eight songs total and those two long songs are longer than the other six songs on the record right and that felt really weird to us like it felt very weird to have what I think kind of felt like a, a significant imbalance of sort of these two like very large songs. And then just these songs that were, you know, between like one and three minutes or whatever. Right. And I don't know if that's ever really like steered our songwriting as much as just kind of been in the back of our heads where I think that now we kind of want something where you can put a record on and you're not like, okay, well this takes up a whole side and then there's six songs on the other side, you know, or anything like that. And, um, and I think that that has sort of led us to not writing longer, but like if we have long songs, trying to balance it out with maybe some more kind of substantial songs, then instead of doing the, you know, the two 12 minute songs and then six 90 second songs. Um, yeah. and, and not that we won't necessarily, you know, change that up. And we definitely talked about it. Um, I have very, I have very weird sensibilities about like, I don't know about like how things need to work on a record that doesn't mean anything to anybody except myself. <laughs> <laughs> Damien can attest that Damien would be the closest person to giving a shit about any of the stuff I care about. And he does not. So, <laughs> so I just kind of have to, I either have to convince him that it's like important enough to do or just like wait for him to get distracted and do it myself. So do you think you're like that because of the critical way you're often looking at records? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I possibly, I mean, I, I don't know how my, you know, there's a lot of good critics of art that make art themselves that are that where that art isn't necessarily good. So I'm not sure if like I have any I've been gifted any insights because I have that sort of critical look at, at other things. Um, but, you know, definitely th- certain things that I feel are important. Um I definitely look for those things in other records and again, things that probably don't mean fucking anything to anybody else, but you know, just these senses of, you know, like balance. And I always say momentum and, you know, trying to like make records that, you know, kind of have a total feel to them and all of these things that I think are coming through could mean nothing to anybody else. So Mm -hmm. 
you know, but if I don't do it, I'll kill myself. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all have our own, we got our own shit, you know, our own exactly. expectations, um, our own yeah, motivations too. The record, like we mentioned before, came out a couple of weeks ago. Whatever. Sure. That's good. On two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it, will, it will make even less sense when this comes out a week from now. And it doesn't matter, <laughs> fucking matter what, how many days it was anyway. <laughs> so it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what is the best part? What do you look forward to most about releasing a new record? Uh, for me, it's like, I love getting it. Like, I love like... yeah seeing all of the work, all the fucking nonsense that I had to do, like drawing and design and writing out all the lyrics. Like I hate lyrics. I hate having to do them. I hate having to write them. Uh, I, it's just like getting to see, getting to finally see like all of that work actually get finished. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to, to keep in mind that Damien plays guitar, plays, uh, does vocals, uh, writes the lyrics creates the art does the layout i don't know something else probably um and so he has a lot on his plate for something like this to come out i seem to be happy with with the bass tone really um he's got a lot of things to to be nervous about that aren't good um yeah well i mean you you sort of take over like uh, caring about a lot of things that I just get too exhausted to care about. So probably true. I yeah. that. Again, I care care about the, the the small insignificant things, and Damien cares about the things like how is this record going to be packaged, which actually actually <laughs> is like a legitimate thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't like anything about. I don't like. I, I like the record being done, um, and I like the record being out, and I hate every other aspect of it because I'm just super self-conscious and well i like that you both i like that you both had different answers uh because it's like the things that i find most common is that a people are like damien where they like to have it or maybe more like shane where they like to be done with it and like go all right well that's now i can move on to something else i don't know that's not what you're saying i'm just saying that that's right those are but the I mean, most common things but it is kind of similar i mean i my the my comfort zone is 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 writing Mm-hmm. Uh, or working on songs like my you know my comfort zone is is the sort of thinking about stuff and my my you know the worst part is when i think other people offer their opinions on anything i've done whether it's good or bad you know i, I can't really yeah. take up so uh you know and of course like i've wanted the record out because it you know, it was about a year and a half since we recorded it. Um, so, you know, obviously I've been, you know, waiting and waiting and waiting and so happy. And then, you know, it finally comes out and I'm just like, ah, uh, ah, uh, like, no, no. Like, this is a huge mistake. <laughs> Were you working? I don't know how many you've done or if this is the only one, but this one is with a neuro. Do I say neurot neuro? I've never understood. Oh, neurot. Neurot. All right. Yeah. I, that's what I go with, but you know, now that I'm saying it uh, publicly, pub, what will be publicly, I had to clarify. Uh, is this is this your first record with them, or did you do others? Yeah. No, it's it's a it's the first thing we've ever done with them. I thought so. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something else. Did that change anything about the way 
the maybe did that change anything about the release of this for you? The, the way you prepared the to make the stakes bigger? I don't know. You know, do, did anything sure. change? Um, I mean, it certainly was a credibility boost for us. Sure. Yeah. Um, in a way that we've sort of been. Damien and I have sort of been toiling in the in the minds of, you know, sort of like extreme music outlier labels, you know, like smaller labels, people that are super cool, you know, people who are really into what we do. But we're, we're you know, we're still kind of a, a niche band. So we end up with a lot of niche labels. Yeah. And Neurot is, is one of the larger or, you know, more well-respected of those kind of niche labels. So, um, so that didn't really change anything with our approach as far as the record goes. It's, it definitely, um, inspired us to do a lot more of sort of our promotion and sort of like, you know, uh, Instagram and all this shit. I mean, Steve, um, Steve Vontel, who is um, from Neurosis and, and pretty much, uh, you know, is the head of the Neurot, you know, he had said to us after we decided to do it together, he's just like, listen, man, I hate Instagram. I hate social media. Like all this shit sucks. But, um, you know, he's like, uh, my, as Mike Watt said, you know, this is the new flyer on a telephone pole. Like, you know, the, this is the way you have to do things. And I don't like social media and I kind of hate all of this stuff, but you know, if, 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 you know, if I didn't have to do anything on Instagram, I would absolutely not do it. But, um, considering that we do have to do that kind of stuff. You know, we had a, a friend, John Shork, who, um, who helped us. He's a collaborator on the record. He did a lot of the instrumentation on it that we didn't play. And, you know, he made all these really cool videos, promo videos, Damien's a graphic designer. So he was able to make a lot of like cool design stuff to kind of promote the record. And, um, and, you know, I, as much as I hate, doing the Instagram, Facebook, whatever thing, like being able to do it with um, stuff that we thought think is cool was really nice. It didn't just have to be like, uh, Hey guys, you know, like, you know, what's your favorite song on the record? And, you know, just sort of these, you know, just kind of, um, you know, kind of whatever sort of like trying to get engagement kind of stuff. Yeah being able to actually put up a video and be like, Hey, this video is pretty cool. Right. Like we think this is pretty neat or for Damien to make a, um, like a, you know, a, a promo that, you know, I'm like, man, this looks, this looks great. Like this makes us look like a real band, you know, right. like having that kind of stuff, I think, um, was the one thing that we probably wouldn't have done if we were just with some smaller label, but we wanted to make, neuron happy we didn't want to sort of take for granted that they were willing to put out a record by a band that wasn't guaranteed to sell anything you know i mean especially you know i think people i i know i did you know up until recently i very much underestimated um the risk of putting out a double lp um it's just so fucking expensive you know 
And, you know, uh, Ken mode had just, they just put out us their, um, void. They just put it out. Null and void. Yeah. Yeah. Last Friday. And, you know, they recorded and mastered, mixed and mastered every, both of those records at the same time. And they could have put out a double LP and they were like, not worth it too expensive, you know, like it's just hard to get in people's hands. People don't want to buy it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're not, you know, we're stupid. We don't like, you know, we're not, we're not business people at all. And, um, and, you know, and kind of, we, we finally kind of realized like, well, we are asking a lot of, of labels. We're asking a financial risk, of labels, we are sort of, you know, hobbling our uh, selves when it comes to selling. And we're just, you know, we're just used to not selling records. So, right, right, right. you know, like, oh, we we, did, we didn't sell this double LP. Well, we didn't sell that single LP either. So what's yeah. the big fucking what's difference? The yeah. Where's the harm? Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not selling uh yeah not not selling anything makes makes our grand ambitions of putting out anything easier but um but that definitely yeah led us to to trying to be more creative and a little more interesting when it came to moving units as it were yeah i get that that makes sense the uh you you have released uh you mentioned about working with other labels with a couple of labels that i that i'm pretty fond of like hex and oh, yeah. uh and dropping bombs are just two that come to mind uh, that I buy from frequently. Oh, so so speaking of the design, all the things that you've done for this record, uh, Damien specifically, I assume that was you putting together those uh, three inch CD art books. Yeah, I just, I just put that last week. <laughs> yeah, so that that was interesting yeah. to me to look at because that's Insane. that looks very cool. <laughs> yeah, that looks awesome. Um, but it made me think, like that looked like a lot of work. First of all. And sounds like it might've been a big pain in the ass. Yeah, it was a big pain in the ass. There was some, uh, we, we made some sort of like printing, um, specifications, like right off the bat that had to get done. And I, um, like we had to letterpress the covers. Initially I was like, yeah, we'll do letterpress covers. They're really beautiful. And I used to teach letterpress and I had access to the shop and I could print anything I wanted all the time. And it was really great. But COVID kind of destroyed the school I worked at. Um, it became online only. So we lost our studio space. So I kind of lost access to that shop, but I know a lot of people in the neighborhood. I was like, ah, it's no big deal. They'll let me print. It'll be cool. And, you know, ultimately they did, but you know, we kind of procrastinated like crazy on doing this stuff, like to the point where we're going on tour and we're like leaving in a week from today. And like a couple days ago, I had not even fathomed that I was leaving on tour soon. I was just kind of like, yeah, it's something that's happening soon. It's like yeah. happening in a week. <laughs> So same kind of thing. Like we came down to the wire where we really needed to get this stuff done. So it would have been fine if I had like done a little bit here and there, but it just, you know, there's always something. And a lot of it is self and, you know, self-inflicted by being a procrastinator. But other times, like, you know, we, we got the inner pages risograph printed, which is like something I've just recently fallen in love with. And I think it's really cool. And the place I want really wanted to do it that I knew would handle it correctly. Uh, like the right, we turned it in like a month in advance. We're like, all right, we're, we're, this is the one thing we're getting ahead of schedule. And they're like, all right, thanks. We're going to go on, we're going on vacation for like three weeks, but we'll do it when we get back. We're like, oh my God. <laughs> but you know, they came through at the last minute. So it, it got done, but I mean, 
Steve, I think had kind of initially encouraged us to like do something fun. Like he likes cool handmade stuff. And we're like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's all we do. Like, let's do it. And we kind of went a little overboard. Like don't even ask Shane about the patches. That's, oh, that's cool though. I, I appreciate the, especially the printing stuff. The, the images like you're talking about using the Instagram and Hey, I I'm with you too. I don't like having to use that shit. And I've, mentioned before like if i if i know i didn't have to use it i wouldn't so if you look at basically what the podcast instagram is it's like one post well it's it's one image for each episode and that's really it like you know what i mean like i don't like i know i'm supposed to do more i just i can't do it but it is but to me it is cool seeing the uh the like the, the making of certain things especially when you're doing that handmade stuff but the reason I bring up the whole three inch CD thing is because the three inch CD has always been a very funny format to me. And I've only had a few in my life. So I'm curious, what is you guys, what is your favorite three inch CDs? Mm. I have, um, I've gotten rid of most of my weird formats myself just because I, my family and I have moved a few times. And I always have to pare things down, but you didn't have room for a three inch CD. Yeah. Come on, Damien. <laughs> I mean, I just justify any of them. I still have a, I still have a, I still have a handful. I could probably run downstairs and grab them, but I have a, uh, they, they had, they, for a while they sold three inch CDs in these little like boxes. And I thought those were so cool. And I have a sixes one, this noise band called sixes, which is really great. And then I'm a huge fan of uh, yellow swans out of Portland. And I have pretty much everything they've ever done. And they did a few uh, three inches. So I'd probably have to say one of those yellow swans is probably my, my number one. Man. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know. I have a melt banana three inch and that's all I can think of. Um, well, then that's your favorite. What's your, what's your favorite three inch? <laughs> Mine? Yeah. Mine, it it would have been until recently, it would have been my, uh, I had two, Two, one was from the Meat Puppets and the other one was a Minuteman. It was just little SST oh, ones okay. that were in slipcases. But uh, I got some sent to me recently from uh, from Costa Rica. Costa Rica, but they're uh, yeah, actually, it's a, there's one one from there's a like it's a kind of a hardcore punk more towards the punk side band called Noche, uh, and there's one for Culto Negro, which is this black metal band out of. Uh, out of Costa Rica guy I ran into at a bar in Baltimore once and kept in contact for years. And he just sent me these random three inch CDs. Uh, so yes. it's cool. But, I'll, but Wait, the, the, way you the, said, the way you said Baltimore makes me think, are you from Baltimore? Uh, York, Pennsylvania, which is 45 minutes north okay. of Baltimore. But then I lived in Baltimore for a long time. So, okay. My wife's from Baltimore. So yeah, there's a D not a T if you, yeah, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's the dead giveaway. <laughs> yeah. What's the, uh, what's the, um, mayor of, uh, uh, the show? From, uh, from the no, no, uh, what's the, isn't, um, the one show that was on HBO, um, some like crazy accent in Pennsylvania. Oh talking? yeah. Oh, mayor uh, of Easttown. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that's funny too. Cause, uh, well, the Philly accent is fucking insane. Um, but especially, but that's like the subs. Philly suburbs. That's that's what that is, and that's that's crazy. Yeah, it it had a little of that like Baltimore sound to me, so I had to ask my wife like, "Is that Baltimore?" She's like, "Not really. It's like East Pennsylvania, kind of." Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. My 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 daughter, my ten year old, uh, her she lives with her mom in Philly, and she's with me every week and with me all summer. But 
I still am like worried she's going to pick up that Philly accident, that accent that's is <laughs> atrocious, man. I don't, I just can't. Have it. She <laughs> kept her away from it so far, but you know, danger's still there. Amazing. All right, so um, very simple. Then, what is uh, what's ahead? I know you got a tour coming up. So what's what's on the calendar for Great Falls till the end of the year? Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I don't know. know so that's shade. <laughs> yeah, Damien never knows. Uh, uh, that's the other thing I have to do is remember, remember all the dates. Yeah. I, I um, look at it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you make a point to not look at it. Um, yeah, I mean, we have the tour, the, uh, the, the Northeastern, uh, tour of, um, 11 dates. And then, um, after that, we have like uh, two record release shows, Portland and Seattle are sort of, you know, we, we our homecoming. It's the first stuff we've done since um, first stuff we've done since um, uh, or shows we played, you know, since the record came out. So they're kind of late, you know, record release shows. But but who gives a shit? Right. As someone else said, <laughs> having a drummer in Portland makes it uh, a little difficult. So. It makes it difficult, but also that allows us to do two record release shows, one in Portland, one in yeah. Seattle. So without yeah. seeming very weird. Um and then um we have another we have another split coming out, um, which I don't even know if we're supposed to I don't know if we're announcing it like when we go on tour. I don't know. We have another split coming out. And then um um we're, you know, we're looking to tour more next year, but you know, we all have families and right. jobs and shit. So, uh, we just need to like start writing again. Um, you know, as I think I've said to Damien, you know, the, the important thing about this record is you have to think to yourself, it's not as good as people are telling you, but it's also the best thing you're ever going to do. So, <laughs> so that's more or less how I'm going into writing the next record. Is thinking to myself like, "This is the best we'll ever do," but it's still not that great. So the next one is nothing but a you know doomed to be a failure. So we're going to spend a lot of time working on that uh, next year. Yes. I like that. I like that. I don't know how exactly that's motivating, but whatever works for you, you know. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah. Uh, we're we're two songs into a new records already, and we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> feel pretty good about those, but. We'll see. Well, you should feel good about this one too. Objects Without Pain. It's out now. Neurot Recordings. Uh, you guys will be on the East Coast-ish for 11 dates. Two record release shows back home. I'm going to enjoy this record for as long as I can, whenever I can, wherever it works. I'm going to find that spot that, it, that it feels good. To It'll be dry. You know, it's going to be driving down the turnpike at, at, at night on a Sunday. That's what it's going to be. It's gonna, I want to find where... <laughs> Where it feels good. We should have, yeah, we should have people list the best places to listen to this record for for others who who are like, ah, <laughs> oh, no, this isn't working. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, just maybe like outside uh, Auntie Anne's pretzels or something at the mall. Just, <laughs> just bre breathing in that work for someone. Yeah. <laughs> breathing in yeah. that cinnamon sugar pretzel air. Mm, delicious.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Shane and Damien of Great Falls. I hope the music didn't bum you out too hard. You had a nice uplifting conversation in between. So I think you'll be okay. I want to thank them for their time, for their conversations, for the contributions, not only with Great Falls, but all the other bands they've been in. If you want to look up what else they've done, they touched on it a bit, but they are, uh, they have some prolific output between the two of them, I should say, and uh, all worthy of your time especially if you enjoyed anything you just heard. If you want to know more about all that, of course you can go to gettingitout.net or simply Google, but I prefer you use my website. Thanks to them again for the time, for the conversation, for their contributions. Thanks to you for your time, for your listening, for your time and contributions. And I don't know what exactly you've contributed to this, but I appreciate it. So thanks for sticking around. As always, I'm going to encourage you to go to gettingitout.net as I just did. Just another reminder, check out what's happening there. Not sure what's going to be up this week. It's a slow news week. I can tell you that. Not a lot coming in my inbox as far as uh, music news that I feel is relevant to gettingitout.net or good. That's, uh, you know, I get, uh, and this is not an exaggeration, uh, probably a hundred or more emails a day, right? And it's press releases, it's stuff, it's news about bands all over the world. And I typically only pick one or two to put up on the podcast. And I'm struggling to find those one or two lately. Now I'm going to say this and then I'm going to get flooded by cool stuff today. But, you know, we'll see. Something makes me think because it's this time of the year, not a lot of records are going to be released soon. That doesn't mean now in the next how do I, let me, let me switch that around. There's going to be a lot of cool records released like in the next few weeks. But then when you get towards December, it like really shuts down. People don't put out a lot of new stuff. Same thing with early January. There's the beginning of the year, end of the year thing where it kind of gets quiet. I don't think we're going to experience that as far as news, but we will as far as releases. So anyway, point is just a little peek behind the PR curtain and uh, the website backstory. I'm, I'm using the wrong words. Whatever. Go to hell. It's now 6.16 a.m. Yeah, only five minutes have passed since the intro of this podcast, despite you listening for 45 minutes. That's how post-production works. Why am I telling you all this? It doesn't matter. I'm just going to do what I always do. I'm going to end the podcast with a song. And this song is going to come courtesy of a Cleveland, Ohio-based band. At least I think it's Cleveland. It is Ohio. I know that for a fact. And that's uh, good enough for me. So let's just call it Cleveland. Uh, the song is from Axioma. And I'm probably saying that wrong. Axioma? Axioma? I'm going to stick with Axioma. Uh, these guys have done Time and Brain Tentacles, Time of Death, Dark Worship, Atomic Witch. But they got a new track from their brand new EP. It's dropping November 3rd. It's called Primal Descent. There's a video for it. You can check it out yourself, but you should just listen to this song. It's going to be released through Stained Glass Torments. Again, the track is Primal Descent. The song is Primal Descent. The band, I'm going to call them Axioma. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.